Mm. I was out there. I was driving around today. It's like that brisk kind of, but the sun was out. That was a thing. Uh -huh. It's like a bright day, but like a brisk cold air. Okay. The leaves, every color you could imagine, represented a variety of yellows and oranges, and obviously reds. Mm. Some falling to the ground slowly. Yep. That was me. I was driving around. I was shooting a car video. Not that I can tell you about it yet because it's not coming out for a while. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. It was luxurious and quiet and uh. sophisticated. That's what I would say. Yeah. Refined. That's what I might say. Did you wear a suit? <laughs> Someone maybe, would wear a suit. Maybe I did. Kirk or Mo? Long day of work, loosen the tie. Yeah. Get into my refined automobile. Driving into the sunset okay. with the leaves. Yeah, no traffic, obviously. Yeah. No traffic on my trip, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, that's good. Relax. I saw this going around on Twitter. Yeah. This is less relaxing. This thing is uh, aggressive. About ag as aggressive as you can be as a smartphone in 2020. I believe this is just a concept. Uh, I don't well, know. Why if, not? I don't know if it'll ever happen. Well, because every every attempt at anything like this so far has failed. Hmm. And as much as we, like, there's a difference between the entertainment of tech and, and kind of the ingenuity of it and then actually owning it and using it. Like, yeah. There's a divide there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you like to watch the F1 cars zip around, but you actually don't really want to drive one every day. No. And never even never even mind an F1 car. Like, there's all types of barely attainable sports cars that people sign up years in advance to get, but then they can't, they can't fit a backpack in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, quite a trade-off, but obviously that's what it's for. Um, but this is more on the F1 side of things. This is the new uh, Xiaomi 12S Ultra slash Leica collaboration in which you have an interchangeable lens system on a smartphone. Now, the tech side of me is like, this thing is so cool. This is ridiculous. I want to see this thing right now. And I'm a Leica fan. And the phone was already nice, the 12S. Um, it had a one-inch camera sensor, and it had the Leica co-branding. But this is a different level, this concept phone. They're calling it the 12S Ultra Concept Phone. And we're talking about a one-inch 50-megapixel sensor. <laughs> and it's compatible with Leica's interchangeable Leica M lens system. Yeah. Maybe you can play a little bit of the clip here. Cool studio as well, by the way. This is one of those like engineering examples to showcase we can do crazy things. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's see what happens here. We're in the workshop. There's wrenches and drawings. And they're like, yeah, we're going to put a lens on here. If they do the interview, they're like, yeah, we can do it. No problem. We're just going to clip it right on. Lens mount adapter. And then the lens appears to sit right in front of the sensor. And the sensor has like a 
click-on mounting system. Look at this. That's cool. It's very cool, Will. Will, don't, don't, you're selling it to me. And <laughs> I know it's cool. I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I'm upset because why? I, well, because I don't imagine it ever happening as an actual product. I, and I don't know what they're saying in this video. Captures light directly external lens. Yeah, well, by having the sensor right there, you're, there's so many components you get to skip over. Mm. And there's, no, there's no, no glass there, I guess, where you would typically have a lens element. There appears to be one sheet of glass to which your light adapter and then lens system attaches onto. But with the body of a smartphone, it's so slim. It's pretty cool, man. I just carry a bag full of lenses. Really. All right, fine. It's or cool. one lens. All right, it's fine. Lens. Fine, it's cool. I want it. All right, cool. But I'm glad. But but I will just put one piece in there, Will, if you don't mind. Huh? Once you start putting lenses on things, the balance and weight of it gets a little wonky. And I'm just gonna put it out there that sure, like without having a grip, you can basically hold the lens. And I get curious about the weight on that little mount on the camera, on the smartphone portion. Yeah. You start putting... And it's tolerance. Trying to clip heavier glass on there. But I'm just a guy talking. And yeah. I don't want to turn anybody off or turn anybody down. That's not what I want to do. So, you like to turn them on. That's right. So what I'll say in this case is that this is fun, a fun tech concept. And a thing that I thought would only exist in my dreams. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Xiaomi stopped short at saying whether the phone will ever be mass-produced. All we know is the project was developed alongside the actual 12S Ultra, and in the end, only 10 units of the former were made. A few of those samples were seeded to some lucky influencers for some quick hands-on time, but with each unit costing around $41,000 to make, uh. they better not drop them. Is that $41,000? dollars Seems like it. Good lordy. You see how the economies of scale, mass production, how this stuff works, Will? You just want to make 10 of a thing? Yeah. It's a big, that is a big investment, is it not? Would you agree with me? Um, yes. We, we should definitely take a look at it. Oh, okay. So, so, cool. so it's $41,000. They only have 10 in the world, and you're going to say, send one over here, and yeah, you're going to demand it. Okay. I like that strategy. Uh, go for it, because I'll definitely... I'll give it the old one, too. I'll tell you what. Mm. Apple supplier Foxconn quadruples bonuses to staff hit by China COVID lockdown. Um, they really want Oh, we're talking about iPhone, that, that Zhengzhou plant, the one where there was rumors of people just walking out. They're like, uh -huh. enough already. To quell discontent over COVID curbs and retain staff. Wow. Leverage, man. <laughs> Sorry. They're like, hey, you know, uh, come, we need a couple iPhones. People and are like, nah, enough already. There is a cost, though. Uh-oh. It's what? like, what's the price Right. each individual? What do you mean by that? Like, uh, if you're willing to work there um, in the risk of getting COVID, um, how much would it cost? Well, I Would think, it be double, quadruple, 10 times? You know? Well, is that, but I don't even know why people are leaving. Are they leaving because they're worried about getting COVID or is it just a really tough environment to be in at the moment? 
Might be a little bit of both. Like, in other words, because they're constantly uh, shutting down, opening, closing, as there were tons of restrictions upon entry, restrictions upon every every move you make, mm. uh, testing every five minutes. Like, I don't know. Foxconn, formerly Han Hai Precision Industry, is Apple's biggest iPhone maker. We know that. That plant in Shangzhou employs 200,000 people. It has been rocked by discontent over stringent measures with several workers fleeing the site over the weekend after complaining about their treatment and provisions via social media. So, yeah, it is. It's the, the, the workers, here's the quotes via financial post, miserable conditions. A person familiar with the situation on campus told Reuters, adding that the circumstances caught management by surprise. Several workers fleeing. Hmm. Complaining about their treatment. Maybe they're just fed up. Well, initially there, initially there wasn't enough to eat or drink, said the source who declined to be identified, of course. Essential supplies had been shipped into the Foxconn campus after the shortage triggered a sense of anxiety. The plan had faced capacity constraints in isolating those infected. A Foxconn manager who oversees more than 1,000 workers told a unit of financial news outlet, Yikai. So panic spread amongst the workers. Well, look, see, that's what it is. People come to work, you start quarantining like a thousand of them. They start worrying, you know. Yeah. And if there's no protocols in place, um, that might be a problem. So anyway. Not having enough food. <laughs> like you're going to have to wait here. Starve, though. Yeah. You're, 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 no one else can get COVID, but we don't, here's these crackers. You can have some crackers. Uh -huh. I'm like, well... Is there any seasoning on those crackers? Like, is it plain? Is it just salt? Yeah, or is there garlic or something? Garlic. <laughs> no, I don't know. You never had a garlic-flavored cracker before? Um, I probably have. You don't like garlic? I do. Okay, good. I'm a fan. I'm glad we got but that just out of garlic there. and crackers. No, I mean, I'm saying it's pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that small upgrade can make all the difference. Yes, absolutely. When, like, let's say you spend a week eating plain crackers. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all you had. It was pure survival zombie apocalypse situation. And then I came along and I'm like, I got a case full of garlic crackers. You'd be like, oh. You'd be like, something different. Yeah. I'm eating these crackers. They taste like nothing at this point. Uh-huh. And you bring me the garlic. But then, of course, a week later, the garlic, you're like, I can't take any uh -huh. more garlic, man. And I'm like, I bring, some, I bring something else for you. Yeah. I don't know what the next thing I bring is, but you know what I like the taste of recently? It's kind of a subtle taste, which is uh, which one? sesame. I like the taste of sesame recently. Oh, you like sesame. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay. Like on a bagel or something? Yeah, so what happened was... Well, I do know what happened. Let me tell you what happened. Okay. Sesame seed bagel. It's a huge problem out there. Why? Because you call it a sesame seed bagel and it looks like that one. The picture to the uh, second from the right. No, 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 no. Uh, the other way. Second from the left. My bad. That one. This is the problem. You get a sesame bagel that looks like that. Now, let me tell you what happens when you start with a sesame bagel that looks like that. Okay. You slice it, don't you? Huh? Yeah. You're going to slice it. Uh -huh. Okay, you slice, you lose 17 to 20 sesame seeds just while you're slicing, right? They fall off. They're on the plate. Sure. I mean, they're just, they're, they're barely stuck on there. I mean, it's the nature of it. I'm not telling them to glue it on there. I'm just saying. Then you put in the toaster. Uh -huh. During the co course of the toasting, you lose another six sesame seeds. After it pops up, 
you lose another 18 because now they're crispy and they want to pop off. And by the time that thing's out of the toaster, there's four sesame seeds on it. Yeah. You can't call that a sesame seed bagel. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Now, it's very loose. I had the experience of a proper sesame seed bagel that was covered. It was doused in sesame seeds that didn't budge. Okay. And I said to myself, my God, there's something, there's something to that. This is what has been missing on the sesame order I've had in the past. Right. Is just the sufficient number of sesame seeds. You got to have it. So I'm just saying... You may have never had a sesame seed bagel because you kept getting the weak one. Mm. You got to have the potent one, and then you really tasted the sesame. Understand, Will? This is all I'm trying to put out there. I got you. Okay. I'm glad we sorted that out. I just wanted to make sure people were aware, and I wasn't keeping that information to myself. It wouldn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'll swap out your garlic crackers for sesame seed bagels at one point, and you'll celebrate that as well. Okay, good. I'm glad. Foxconn try to bring the people back. They say, no, we're irate. They say, no, your restrictions, we're scared, whatever, anxious. These are the quotes. And they say, what about a bonus? Are you less scared with a bonus? And they say, slightly. I'm slightly less scared with the bonus. 15,001 bonus. I don't know what that amounts to in USD. Reuters reported on Monday, the production of iPhones in November could slump by as much as 30% as the plant due uh, at the plant due to the situation. So they say, we give you the bonus. Will you still put up with our COVID stuff? And the people, they say, eh, they weigh it out, don't they? And Willie Do's currently getting us the currency conversion on this, whatever this offer actually is in USD. It is. It's about $2,000. 2000 bucks. 2000 bucks. Please come back. Please make some iPhones. They leave a voicemail. We need you to make some iPhones. Give you two grand for 15,000 Well, I'm sold. You're coming back? Yeah. Oh, that's all it takes. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we sorted this out. Uh-huh. That was going to be a tough negotiation. You just needed a little jingle. A little jingle. Laser attack. Blinds autonomous vehicles, deleting pedestrians and confusing cars. Will, why you got to scare me with this stuff now? On October 31st is when it was posted. That's Halloween. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm scared of this too. Man, that's brutal. So the laser, someone points a laser. Look at the guy who points the laser in the the diagram. (laughs) Mr. Evil. So evil. Points the laser at the victim's vehicle at the LiDAR sensor. Yo, and the person is no longer detected. So they're just running over pedestrians in their autonomous mode. It completely obscures the presence of the pedestrian. Yikes. University of Florida, self-driving cars like human drivers that preceded them need to see what's around them to avoid obstacles and drive safely. The most sophisticated autonomous systems typically use LiDAR, spinning radar, type device that acts as the eyes of the car. LiDAR provides constant information about the distance to objects so the car can decide what actions are safe to take. But these eyes, it turns out, can be tricked. New research reveals that expertly timed lasers shined in an approaching LiDAR system can create a blind spot in front of the vehicle large enough to completely hide moving pedestrians and other obstacles. The deleted data causes the car to think the road is safe and continue moving along, endangering whatever may be in the attacker's blind spot. 
I don't like it. I don't like because if you think of other visual systems, presumably if you hit other visual systems with some sort of obstruction, they say, hey, I can't see like cameras or something. Uh-huh. Uh, LIDAR, on the other hand, I guess is susceptible. Now, get now, call me crazy, Will, but I think there's no LIDAR in Tesla. No, I think they're just using cameras. Call me crazy, Will. Yeah. So, Although they, some other um, car manufacturers could be using LIDAR still. Sure. Or, and, you know, for the future. And I'm sure there's all types of benefits associated with it. You have to wonder what the actual risk factor of this is. Obviously, they've proven it here. As a concept, but you have to wonder what the risk is uh-huh. for real-world situations, uh, bad people shining lasers. It is the first time LiDAR sensors have been tricked into deleting data about obstacles of vulnerability uncovered by researchers from the University of Florida. The findings are going to be presented at the 2023 USENIX Security Symposium and are currently published on ARXIV. So listen, I presume... The discovery of this exploit, the discovery of this attack is going to prompt the, the, those who develop these products to try to find a way to shield it, to try to find a way to avoid it. So it is a good thing when these are discovered because then people can't be, actually be out there doing this type of attack. But then on the flip side of it, you get all types of... Uh, uh, Kids that get inspired, like, oh, I can trick yeah, your electric around. car. Your, yeah, like and, a TikTok trend. Oh, don't even say it, Will, because oh. I can smell it already. I almost think um, this could be very uh, tech savvy. Like it's a assassin assassination attempt or something. Holy, <laughs> it's a big Like leap. something heavy like that. It's a big I leap. don't know. Like, this is scary. No, it's very, yeah, it's not. There's more EVs on the road now. No, it's not good. It's not good. And, uh, they, well, this is the age-old thing, right? The more we embrace technology, the more yeah. you, be, you begin to expose the ways in which ev- all of it can go wrong, you know? But a lot of things can go wrong. As much as you can trick the LiDAR system, you can also trick a person. You can also shine a laser into the eyes of the driver, and they might swerve oh, into yeah, oncoming traffic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like... It's all dangerous moving around these giant metal buckets on wheels. Yeah. You know? Speaking of metal buckets on wheels, Porsche Design is selling a $12,000 speaker built from a 992 GT3 exhaust. I have seen these bespoke speaker units in the past. They are very strange and interesting. Essentially, you have a legit... Uh, exhaust pulled from a 992 GT3 in this case, and they call it a soundbar 2.0. This one weighs 143 pounds, and it actually utilizes the exhaust in the sound the the, the sound design of the speaker unit. Um, the Porsche 9, 911 soundbar 2.0 is an impractical but nonetheless rad. This is according to The Verge. Custom 212 channel Dolby Atmos capable speaker built by Porsche Design. 300 watts, 4K pass through HDMI. Oh, you actually have Apple AirPlay 2 and Google Chromecast in there. You're not going to want to move it around very much at 144 pounds. And you also have an option to just mount it to the wall. This is for the type of car enthusiast that just wants to stare had an exhaust at a at a 992 exhaust as they listen to their mm. um 
movies and music and such, and they have twelve thousand to spare. But it's like it's so in your face. Yeah. You're just gonna mount that on your wall? Well, if you, what if you had like a really minimal interior, and this was a focal point? Yeah, maybe a horse right next to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, there, there, there must be some sort of aesthetic where this works out. It's not gonna be for everybody's interior, that's for sure. Um, but in the right environment and in front of an audience that can appreciate it, they'd be like, "Damn, dude, is your speaker is that a nine nine two exhaust?" And you're like, "Absolutely." perfect and then got him you just you pull it off you know yeah 12 grand order it up right now silver only wow very cool they don't say what year i guess i guess it's really made in germany there you go original exhaust system for the porsche 992 gt3 wow yeah true i mean truly a unique item people pay for all types of weird things well yeah Especially if they're limited or unique. That's mm. a pre-order right now. People pay for weird things. Enthusiasts pay for weird things. Mm -hmm. Rich people pay for really weird things. I would like to know how this sounds, though. Yeah. <laughs> Is it there like a play button here? It sounds like an exhaust system, actually, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pantone wants $15 a month for the privilege of using its colors in Photoshop. Oh, stop. Why you got to do this to me? This is the one. This is a, a real thing going on. Yeah. Changes have already hit some users, but communication and timing are muddled. I haven't launched Photoshop in a bit, but Pantone wants $15 a month to use its colors in Photoshop. It's a lot of colors. So? How can they, I don't understand, like, I can't I just select these colors? What's going on, Will? Break it down for me. I believe um, there's a library of colors in, like, a, a theme library where you can pick, and it's Pantone is one of the libraries. Um, and if you don't pay for these colors, you don't get that library. Using the extension is free once you've created an account, but using the full library of colors, creating unlimited color palettes and a dozen more tools to create smarter, more impactful palettes will now require a subscription that runs you $15 a month or 90 per year on top of what you're already paying to use Adobe's apps in the first place. I could browse through colors using the basic version of the extension, but trying to browse and select most colors from most libraries prompted me to pay for a subscription. Well, listen, what do you want? What can you expect, Adobe? You go to the subscription model. You start charging people monthly for an app that you used to be able to purchase one time. And all of a sudden now, all these peripheral players are saying, well, we want some of that too. We want that monthly recurring fee mm. and the subscription. Today, if you open a PSD, even one that's 20 years old with an obscure Pantone color, it will remove the color and make it black. And then Pantone wants $21 a month for access and solid coded goes behind the paywall in early November. So you open. <laughs> this is what happens when you copyright Yikes. Uh, a color. Yikes. <laughs> well, listen. They have full control. Over they it. should totally have a grandfather process here where yeah. your old projects don't show yeah, up they like get that. A pass. Holy moly. The change appears to be rolling out gradually. And uncoded Pantone libraries will be removed after November 2022. Wow. 
Yeah, I can't imagine people are happy with it. I don't know who would be cheering for this. I don't know who's really defending it. Uh, but a lot of people use Pantone for a variety of This just complicated things, their lives. Mediums. This just complicated their lives big time. And I don't know if what is the price right? $15 a month. I don't know why the other guy said 21. Was he talking some other currency? But like, is the price right? Like 15 a month? It seems like a lot. I don't know though. I mean, once you get into these pro applications, people, they just pay it. They're like, I need to have it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough, tough spot to find yourself if you're a, oh, let's see what the comments say. Let's see what the top comment. Uh, maybe we're a little too focused on the term RGB. All colors are expressed numerically, are they not? Some programs will send a signal to the digital device. This guy's going deep. The other person says you could represent any color by six-digit hex codes. They don't own the actual colors, just the process in which those colors translate to actual colors in the physical world. But that starts with coding the color in software, which they can and just did deny users access to. So, oh man. So he's right. He's saying that the, the hex code in the app guarantees that the color you're getting digitally, if... Uh, manifested in reality is going to match the physical Pantone you're holding. Mm. Wow. This next person says, can we get a short explanation here? Two to three sentences. And somebody actually obliges and says, short story, standardization of color between different media, print, digital, fabric. So clothing designers and things like that affects as well. Merch, production. Long story, web uses RGB, but print uses CMYK. And for fabric, you use dyes. RGB is additive, CMYK is subtractive, and dyeing is a chemical process. With Pantone, you can just give someone the Pantone color without having to worry about what color process they're using to render that color. You can't just give someone the RGB values. Wow, Pantone. It's very powerful. Monopolize the cornered. It is is pretty impressive that they can... that's, that, that, that that can be achieved. Color across different processes yeah. to meet that criteria. The, Wikipedia is looking for a donation from you right now. They're looking for a couple yeah, of bucks. No kidding. It's a, it's a cool idea. It's just, I don't, I, it's just pe- people I don't think are like super into more subscriptions right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? I just, and they don't want to be nickeled and dimed. And they, so this is what it is. And so the people... The people keep getting rinsed, squeezed. I don't know what to tell you. But I if, always thought uh, Adobe had our backs where they would pay some sort of wait a second, fee. Wait a second. Adobe has your back? Since when? <laughs> I want to know. How do I like get they, Adobe at my back? They would actually pay the rights for Pantone in some way to let them use the, the Pantones in the library. X-Rite, a supplier of color measurement instruments and software, purchased Pantone for $180 million in October 2007. All right. Uh, who knows? Probably worth more now, with, especially with the subscription fee. Now it's about to be a billion-dollar company. Uh-huh. Amazon gives Prime subscribers access to 100 million songs. 100 million. Mm. Today announced an expansion of Amazon Music, which is now available almost to in full to Amazon Prime subscribers, providing Amazon... Prime users with access to the full catalog of 100 million Amazon Music songs up from the original 2 million that were available. I didn't even know that. Mm. It was 2 million up until now. And then they're like, listen, we don't want you to cancel your Prime. All right. We understand inflation, this and that, subscriptions. Please keep this one. 
and they're like, we got a couple TV shows, and you're like, I don't care. That's uh, you. Yeah. yeah, you're like, I'm, uh, I'm out of here. And then they're like, we got even more music, and you're like, ah. um, no, you're not. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. You'll give it a shot. Yeah. See not? if it has what you're looking for. Amazon Prime subscribers are not getting unlimited on-demand access to Amazon Music Tracks, but the full catalog is available when using shuffle mode. Songs are ad-free, and users can create playlists that are tailored to personalized listening preferences. Shuffle Play is available for any artist, album, or playlist. The experience will be similar to other services like Pandora. Interesting. So it's not quite to the extent of Apple Music or YouTube Music. Mm. However, you're getting Amazon Music Access, and what you're already getting with Prime, Prime Video, Prime Shipping, uh, for fourteen ninety nine a month or one hundred and thirty nine per year, I'll take the Pantones. Okay, <laughs> it's the same price. It's the exact same price as the Pantones, fifteen a month. You right? want your colors? <laughs> no, I don't know. more than uh, the music. I don't know. I mean, I have. I already subscribed to too many music services. I have YouTube Music, Apple Music, and Spotify. Like I don't. I'm all, and by the way, I'm not doing that because I'm a maniac. I like to test them all out because we talk about them so much. So sure. I like to use them all and see how they approach things differently. Yeah, for me, it's about the algorithm. Yeah. I just want to like start with a song and then let them figure out. Right, and, and which do you prefer at the moment? Um, I never use Apple Music, so I don't really know. Oh, right okay. now, I'm just using YouTube Music. YouTube Music, yeah. yeah. Well, the it's thing okay. I noticed with YouTube Music, it since it dives into YouTube itself, my kids will often be looking for like a remix or something, and they don't even remember where they heard it. But it just so happens that that remix was only ever posted to YouTube, and YouTube uh. Music can find it, and neither of the other platforms can. Right, right. Because they have the whole inventory of audio only files, but then they also search this inventory of like user uploaded yes. remixes. And you get the video. More well. obscure stuff. They don't. It's in the car mostly, so the video doesn't really oh, matter. Yeah. But it's just they never make a request to play a song that's ever denied on YouTube Music. But it, there are times on Apple Music or Spotify where it's not available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many covers on uh, YouTube Music. It's, so uh, it's a huge. I, I'm curious how how the inventories actually compare, but it is it's huge on YouTube Music. Last one. PlayStation VR 2 launches February 22nd for $549. Sony's next VR headset will be available early next year. It's a major upgrade from the previous model with an OLED screen and a 110-degree field of view. you got to have the OLED screen on these things. It's beautiful to look at. Got it. Um, $550, we talked about this before. We feel like it's a, maybe a little bit pricey because the console itself is like the same price. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit... And it's more than the Quest. Quest 2. Well, sure. So. Yeah. I, I presume the specs are going to be better than the Quest 2, though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pre-orders for the PSVR 2 will begin on November 15th, limited to Sony PlayStation online store in many markets, including the US, UK, France, Germany. Games including Horizon Call of the Mountain will also be available to pre-order later this month. This headset is a major upgrade over the original with the OLED screen, 110-degree field of view, 4K HDR support. It also supports 120 hertz for smoother frame rates. Four cameras built into the front of the display, so you won't have to set up external cameras to follow your movements. And uh, The Verge was initially impressed with their hands-on. Now, obviously, you're going to have a, a cable, but it is a single cable setup, so it's not too obtrusive. Uh, maybe... With the advantages, the controller, the display, 
and so forth, maybe you you could put up with it over a, a wireless Quest, one single wire. What do you think, Will? Uh, definitely, but also it has lens adjustment dials. Uh -oh. So that's uh, that's is that what point. is that what gets you going right there? Yeah. So you don't have to get a prescription uh, lens. Hey, listen, we filter. all have our we all have our things that get us going, don't we? Oh yeah. And for you, it's when you see lens ad adjustment dial. That's <laughs> for just you, what, it's Pantone. For me, it might be a Pantone or two, or it might be regen braking on electric oh, vehicles because yeah, yeah. I just ranted about it when I was driving that other one over there. Got it. Uh, PSVR games will not be compatible with PSVR two. Keep that in mind. Sony has announced 11 new games for PSVR 2. Dark Pictures, Cities VR. Ooh, I like the sound of Cities VR. That might be something I get into. Crossfire, The Light Brigade, Cosmonious High, Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue, Jurassic World, Pistol Whip, Zenith, After the Fall, and Tentacular. All right, Will, which one are you going to play, just based on those names? Uh... I'll go for Jurassic Park. You're going Jurassic. I like the dinosaurs. You're going Jurassic yeah. in VR. That might be immersive. That could be an interesting so. experience. You might have made a good pick. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Pre-order right now, 550 bucks. You guys let me know in the comments if you think that's pricey or uh, if you think it's worth it given the spec sheet and the fact that maybe you already have a PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 5 sitting around anyway. It's quite possible. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today. Thank you for Will for, to Will for putting it all together. Thank you for the uh, all the dogs that were here today. Oh, they were many. It was a maximum dog output today. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five dog. It was a five dog situation. It was a dog to human ratio that was a little bit teetering on mm -hmm. uh, chaotic. Te teetering on the brink of extinction and i'm not sure which one of us would be extinct out of the two species yeah dog or man yeah. that's the way it felt at a moment we have survived and so have they hmm. the other species i'm talking about the dog in fact the dogs never look better look how chill he is yeah he's he's all right yeah he's holding it down uh yeah thanks again and we'll see you guys soon later